0: Hello, and welcome to the Montessori School of Denver Community Podcast Series. Each episode, you'll hear the latest parenting information and advice from Montessori School of Denver educators and community members. We hope these new tools will give you fresh insight into how you can bring the Montessori philosophy into your life and home. Enjoy the episode!
1: for making it here today. I was joking a few minutes earlier that the past couple years I've been able to read my notes as I've done this because it's been on Zoom, <laughs> so pardon me. Uh, I'm going to just make sure I touch all, all the bases here, but um, I think I know most of you, but I'm Rachel Northrup. I'm the Director of Early Childhood Education, taught in the primary oh. classrooms for 25 years, I believe. Um, this is my fifth year in this role. <clears throat> my children did start out as a toddler as well, so I've made this journey um, a little bit ahead of you all, but um, they went from toddlers through eighth grade here, and now my oldest is a freshman in, uh, at Boston College. My youngest is a sophomore at Regis. Um, so it's it's great stuff, a lot of good stuff for you guys to learn, and I want to make sure you guys have time for questions too. Um, and I brought my friend Tori. Hi. <laughs> How to <did> met <laughs> you. I'm Tori
0: Verley. I'm the school psychologist. Um, But before working in that role, taught in early childhood for about a decade, Mm and also a parent of a now third grader who's gone through um, toddler through third grade (laughs) so far here. Um, So 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 yeah, just here to
1: help out. All right. Uh, Our mission here, uh, our dynamic educational environment, empowering students to use diverse knowledge and experiences to reach full potential and do good in the world. And we'll jump right in. <clears throat> so planes of development. Um, as you know, your toddler right now is very egocentric. They think about themselves all the time, me, me, me. And they're really working towards independence. Uh, and this is exactly where they should be. Um, uh, this is what we're looking for. Um, as they get closer to this age here, so you guys are coming down this slope, getting ready to go up the slope. Um, Their independence is just going to get bigger and bigger, and they're going to want more and more, um, which just means you guys need to set some firmer boundaries as things are starting to change for you at at, at home. Um, um, And setting boundaries does not mean you are a mean parent. Setting boundaries is is an okay thing to do, because ultimately, you are the adults. You are in charge. You get to make these rules for them. Um, This is when they're starting to develop their sense of self. Their personality is starting to come through a little bit more, and physical control um, and involving the, the creation of their, uh, their learning and their academics. Montessori, Dr. Montessori said that these two planes, the first plane and the third plane, is a time of turbulence. So Rocky Roads, you guys are all facing them. If you have a teenager, I'm sitting nice and heavy right in here. Um, good thing I've already done it. Um, and then these two times are a relative time of calm. So you'll notice once your kids go off into first grade, you're like, I really enjoy hanging out with you. They have you know, different conversations with you. You're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but it is a, tur- a turbulent time because they're really trying to figure out who they are um, and who they want to be um, as, as, they're, as they're getting older and growing. Okay, your toddler to a primary student. A solid learning foundation, check. The toddler program has prepared you all and has prepared your child for this. Or if you're a P1 parent right now, um, all of this experience is really um, setting them up for where we would like them to be. Becoming a conscious learner. As a toddler, they're in their unconscious mind, which means they're just kind of absorbing things and they're not really thinking about why they know things. They're asking you why or, what is this and all of that as their language development. They're just talking to you. They're just kind of getting this knowledge uh, funneled into their heads. Whereas when they become a primary student, they're entering this conscious learning where they're asking you why because they truly want to know. And they'll still ask why a 100 times. But they truly want to know. They want to know how things work, um, how you get from A to to B. Um, They really want to get the answers to these things. Um, The teacher to child ratio. So in t- toddler, as you all know, you have 14 students with three teachers. Um, and this is set up that way because they are all of the same age group, they are all peers. That is their age group, that is what brings them the most success. As you get into primary, it's 25 students to three teachers, still a trained lead teacher and two assistants. Um, and really the big reason for that is because there is a multi-age grouping in there. Those older kids are acting as kind of mini-teachers, mini mini-adults. Mini um, and so the need to have um, the same age group kind of disappears and you can put, bring that number up a little bit more um, because they are helping each other and collaborating and doing things together. Um, let's see changes to your child. Uh, they are becoming more verbal, as we talked about, and more independent. And they're gonna try on some new behaviors even if you don't love it. They're going to still... Uh, talk about Star Wars even though you've never read a book, watched a show, (laughs) done anything. Um, It's gonna drive you nuts, but they're gonna do it because they're gonna see what it takes. They will wear mismatched clothes, maybe a clip on one side and a ponytail on the other side, two different shoes, whatever it is. They're really saying, you dressed yourself today. (laughs) That's right, look at you, all right, let's go. Um, It's really just part of who they are, and and pick those battles. Is it worth it for you to fight over that in the morning and start your day that way? Nope, sure isn't, because when they get to school, as Tori just said, we will be like, look at you, come on in, let's go, and you know, that's who they are. They're exploring. They'll have more interests, they'll be more sensitive, uh, more language, and there's more sensitive periods um, that teachers will be mindful to watch for. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, And your changing role as a parent, Um, Again, setting boundaries and your expectations for them. Um, They'll push you, again, picking your battles as you feel like you want to do it. Our rule at home was as long as it's seasonally appropriate, I don't care what you're wearing. So it was pants with a tank top, with a long sleeve, with a dress over it. I was like, great, let's go, it's it's winter. Um, And this is totally gonna be different from what you are wanting. Just smile, it's all good. Um, So let me show you how some of this looks in the classroom. So parallel play or parallel work. Um, so these two are working. Let's call it together, quote unquote. Um, they're not really talking to each other. Uh, they're not really doing anything together. But they're sitting there working and they're doing something. And they're bo- but they're both having conversation. It doesn't match. <laughs> it, it's not a a response given back and forth to each other. Um, but they're working uh, in parallel in parallel workspace here. Um, This hurts our mom hearts and our dad hearts more than it hurts them. So when they come home and say things like, nobody played with me today, nobody sat with me today, nobody worked with me today. Kind of true, um, but really not true. Because to them, this is not working with somebody, even though they're sitting there together and hanging out. This does not mean they don't have friends. Um, This just means that they're they're together. And that's great. Um, Anything you want to say about parallel play that you think? Mm. No. You no, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> very common and very appropriate. And like I said, it hurts our hearts anymore. You're wondering why isn't anyone playing with you or working with you? And it's really just because that's, that's how they're doing it. <clears throat> um, independence. Um, and pardon, some of these do have masks on still from the COVID times, but they are such great uh, examples of what we're talking about. So <clears throat> just letting you know that. Intrinsic motivation. So kids are really motivated by how they feel when they do something. And so this little one here, and this is a little video here and I'll run in a second. Um, She is practicing the button frame and it's building her self-esteem, concentration time. Uh, She has great focus, her work stamina, all of those great things. And then when you see how she's done it at the end, um, her smile is as big as can be, oops, good Um, and and this speaks a little bit too again to that ratio why it can be 25 students to three teachers because when she has this mastered even though the teacher will ask her to do um, some buttoning she will want to take over and do that so instead of having the teacher coming in and jumping in and taking over she will step in oh I can button that for you I got that don't you worry so cute
0: I would also add I think this might be the biggest way that you can support what we're doing here at this age is supporting their burgeoning independence and like it will take so much longer (laughs) right now to let them do it themselves and it's such a pain
1: often but it it really
0: is an investment Mm -hmm. and yeah
1: now yes and speaking to that too it is time, and I know that we were just at like, it's time to go, we need to go, and their shoes are on the wrong feet, and we don't care. Guess what, they did it. They're independent, they put them on, they heard your words, they went out the door, all great. Or, you know, got one button, and the rest of them, they're a little mismatched and whatnot, that's fine. You know, think, thinking of the purpose is that they did it, and they did it on their own, and they feel successful. There's no reason to take that away, and yet sometimes you have to say, you know what, I'm going to do this for you because we do have to go, but if you can give them the time, give them the time. So what do our classrooms look like? <clears throat> um, so all classrooms have half day and full day students in them, just like the toddler program right now. There are 25 children and three teachers, and we really try to keep boys and girls and genders. Um, even as much as we can. Sometimes there's a big boy boom and we have way more boys than we have girls. Sometimes there's a good big girl boom and the opposite happens. Um, Students must all be toilet independent. Does this mean accidents won't happen? Sure does, they happen all the time. Um, But really um, social service standards, um, we are not able to help them like the toddler team can. Um, So pull-ups and diapers even for nap time are not allowed in the classroom. Um, you are not always placed with what your child might assume as their best friend and this is very intentional sometimes. Um, there's a very thoughtful process that goes into transferring um, or moving kids into the primary program and classrooms. They still get a lot of time to see each other, playground time, special events, things like that, but sometimes it's better to have them split apart <laughs> um, because sometimes those friendships become more like siblings and the fighting that can happen in the classroom is a little bit more. Um, robust and loud in a three-year cycle than it is in just a one year
0: and to your point earlier on the parallel play it may have worked really well in toddler mm-hmm. but then if you're going into primary for three years together as they're learning these social skills that can be a lot for them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yes
1: exactly um,
0: okay oh, the nap time, because uh-huh. as far as like, my son Jude will be three, uh-huh. and as far as I was talking to Mary, as his teacher, they may not be physiologically able to hold their pee at mm-hmm. nap time, mm-hmm. so when you say they can't wear sleeping diapers, or mm-hmm. any of that, because more than that, if he's not
1: wearing one, yep. he's, you know, have an accent just not from working, right, it, but right he may not physically be able to yep. do it. And totally fine, they'll just wake up and change and and get themselves ready. We're great cheerleaders. We can stand at a door and, you know, you can do it, just pull, pull, this one, this one. We are great cheerleaders, Uh, we just can't do it. And there is an element of um, some positive peer pressure when they see that their friends aren't doing it or when it's not happening or things like that, then they kind of start to control it a little bit more and coming into this more conscious mind of learning and thinking and feeling. It just kind of naturally happens for them, too.
0: yeah. And they have a lot of growth left. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're
1: still, yeah. like, what, eight months, yeah. seven months? Yeah, before a there, yeah. can happen. Good question, though.
0: And then as far as um, nap times, so they are taking naps
1: still yes. after, after lunch and Yep. So around, um, well, daily schedule. So what does the day look like? Um, they'll come in much like they do now in the, toddler, in the toddler classrooms. They'll come into the classroom, you know, get their, themselves ready for the day, hang up their things, um, and typically go right to work or playground. Sometimes schedules are flip-flopped. Um, so they'll go to work, or they maybe have a group time, or they'll just start choosing some work that they've had lessons on or things that they want to do. Um, a lot of kids will go back to what they've done the day before, which is totally fine. It's a comfort. Um, they might get a new lesson that morning. They'll have about two, two two and a half hours of uninterrupted work time. Um, and this includes they can have snack. They can only have snack once. This is another change from toddlers. So <laughs> one little snack, and then off you go. <laughs> I know you're hungry, but sorry. Um, and then so whenever their body is needing it, um, they'll you know, go have some snacks. Same with toileting. We don't have toileting time. We give lots of great reminders, especially those first few months of school of like, nope, it's time for you to go. I need you to try the toilet. Um, but they're just really starting to learn to take care of their body and their, and their needs. Um, so they'll work, they'll do a group time, then they'll go outside. Or like I said, they'll have the flip-flop and they'll go outside first and then come in for their group time. Half it, days too. Oh go ahead. I was that's
0: me. I, don't you, have to yeah, that's me. I would say also it would be normal if your child is doing really well with toileting and right when they start primary we see more accidents. It's a very exciting environment and there's lots going on and that would not be cause for concern for us. Usually
1: it'll just yeah, work, work itself, itself out. So. Yeah. They're so busy and engaged that they forget they need to go. Um is Carline. Um, Different from primary or from toddler is you can pull up and do prime, uh, the car line. I highly recommend it, as scary as it is for us all. Um, or you you still have the opportunity to walk up from over here and, and get your child. Those who stay all day will then um, have lunch uh, and they'll eat lunch in the classroom because the classroom or the chairs in the in the cafeteria here are a little bit too big still. Um, and then around 12:30, they'll go to the nap room uh, for napping. Um, same kind of standards as uh toddler. We have a 30 to 45 minute required time. I can guarantee you right now every kid is falling asleep that's still three. Towards the end of this they'll stop napping as well as they were um, as they turn into four. And then fours become resters. <laughs> Some fall asleep and that's great. We won't wake them, we don't wake them. Um, but uh, they'll, they'll rest in the classroom so that when they do get up, there is a little bit of time. It's not a structured work cycle like it is in the morning. They're working more with the assistants and doing things like practical life extensions or outside play or some social-emotional learning or sensorial work or just stories, just something to rejuvenate them in the afternoons. And then at 2.55, Carline begins, and so they'll come out um, to the 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 Carline pickup area, and again, you can either walk in or drive through Carline to get them. Yeah, any questions? All right. So some hallmarks of uh, the Montessori education, Um, the whole child approach. We follow the child, the prepared environment, the three-year cycle, respect of the community, and the love of learning. I'll go into these a little deeper, but, any other questions before we get in? Can I
0: ask yeah. about the yep. So how, how many primary classrooms are
1: there? There are six. So if you would have
0: half of them for a full day, mm-hmm. or do you put do you split the kids in a smaller room? So
1: not half of them are full day. I would okay. not say that. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a scientific number. Yeah. So right now it's, it's about 15 kids stay all day, and that includes your kindergartners. So you might have six kindergartners, four all-day resters, which would mean you'd maybe have five nappers from that classroom that go. Kind of the bigger your kindergarten group is, the smaller the rest of the... So it's not a half, it's not drawn in line, a line. Um, but there's about 20 right now, and they fit in the, the big space uh, pretty well. But they
0: all come in mm-hmm.
1: yeah? Yep, yeah, 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 good question.
0: And that's the ones that, like, properly sleep. Yeah. The ones
1: that don't, we like keep in the classroom yeah. so everybody's in the space <laughs> that they need. Yeah. And there are some fours that have transitioned into into the nap room because they're hardcore sleepers. And, yeah. you know, again, we, we can't keep them awake. We could maybe wake them after a little bit. But, you know, kids need to sleep. That's when their brain is developing. So um, give them all the time that they need. Did you have a question? Yeah. Um, I apologize. You're no, you're fine. Or uh, it's in the email. You know, sure. But in terms of
0: where are our kids now in terms of half or full day what do we do for the for next year like in terms of the right up, do we have to do we get to choose do we have to reapply if we want to change or? Right.
1: yes and yes okay. so you'll <laughs> i would definitely talk to your toddler teacher to see if um all day would be a great fit there are some kids that have transitioned into all day from toddler from half day and it doesn't go as swimmingly as one would hope just it's a longer day you go from three hours to eight hours or it's you know almost eight hours and so it is a little bit of a transition just a longer day um, obviously if it's something that your family needs and by all means but i would talk to the teacher and then make sure you reach out to linda or jane in admissions and let them know this is what you're thinking but um, your, your teachers will have great insight onto do you think they can handle it um, it's bigger kids, <laughs> like I said, it's a longer work. So they're holding it together a little bit longer.
0: We, if, if, it's, if it's necessary, <clears throat> and this isn't a leading question. we no, no. White and I are just making sure, sure, sure. options in general. Yeah. But like, do we, as people who are already in, do we mm-hmm. have the priority to be like, hey, we need to Whole time. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I would still, even if you if it's like, sorry, we have to. This is just where we're yeah, at. Yeah. I would still talk to your teacher about, For like, sure. can you give me some insight sure. on what I can prepare my child, how it might look moving into next year as an all-day student? I doubt, it, I
0: doubt we would treat this as a unilateral
1: decision. Right. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks. Great. All right. So the whole child approach. Um, Social-emotional development, they are really learning to navigate these friendships, how to express feelings, their wants, their needs, asking for help. All of this is getting better and they're really learning um, how, to, how to deal with some of these bigger emotions that are happening, and friendships are hard. Um, what is a friend? You know, I played with all the kindergartners today, but really what they're doing is just running next to them out on the playground and you're like, okay, great. <laughs> it's adorable, but I don't know if they're your best friends quite yet. I would say typical
0: social development at this age is a little bit uncomfortable and sticky. Yeah. We're just figuring
1: it out. Yeah. <laughs> at, this, at this age? Yeah. <laughs> right? She meant mine. Yeah. She- <laughs> yeah. um, physical de- development, um, growing bodies and their need for movement. Um, there's intentional work in the classroom. Um, they need to move and we want them to move and we need to keep them moving. Um, and if it isn't in the classroom and we're seeing that somebody needs a little bit extra, we might say... Come on outside with me, friend, and we'll go run around the playground together or get something out, um, get some energy out because they 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 do need it. They help me deliver paper to the What <laughs> <fingers
0: sometimes.
1: laughs>
0: do they um, do like <laughs> set aside physical activity like gym or
1: yeah. whatever? Yeah. Sure, try. sure. So they do have a, a about a 30 to 45 minute playground time every day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, we pretty much go out all the time. Kindergarten is when proper PE starts, right. um, and that's one of their specials classes. Um, and they get that a couple times a week. I can't remember how the rotation works through things right now, but. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff about gym. There's a lot <laughs> of cool stuff. And on really, really cold days, I try to encourage them. I'm like, why don't you guys bring your classrooms over here to yeah. the gym and play? Um, but really proper gym starts in, in kindergarten, yeah. Yeah, probably herding cats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot like herding cats. Um, yes, and then. Um, The academic development, you know, we really don't have a ceiling to our our academics here. Kids are able to learn as they need to. Um, Looking, like I said, mentioned earlier, sensitive periods. These are just really some intrinsic uh, need that children have to learn something. And it might be counting. It might be sounds. They want to know how many is that? Where is that? What sound does that start with? Um, And once they feel satiated with the knowledge that they have, they'll move on and you're like, oh, but I just bought all these counting things. You want to do sounds now? Okay, and you move on. And teachers are super mindful to watch for these because those are those great moments for us to tap in and start teaching them the things that they're really interested in.
0: And there's a lot of work that will be indirectly academic that you might hear about that doesn't feel academic, um, like Pouring or spooning, but they're building that concentration, they're they're building those skills that they'll need to sit through a longer academic lesson,
1: how to put everything away, how to have the fine motor. So yeah. um, just keeping that in mind yep. too. Yep. A lot of great exposure um, to many things that happen in the classroom. And I'm
0: yeah. Yeah, sure it might probably do this, but you know, with those children that obviously they're all for the toddler program do you ever like involve the toddler teachers like in discussions if someone's having issues mm-hmm. or... oh yeah
1: yeah all the time do they ever come into
0: the classroom to help with special needs sometimes Sometimes. Sometimes. right now actually what's happening that's very cool is our toddler team is picking up some kindergartners and bringing them back over to the toddler village for some leadership and it's been really awesome it's really awesome Awesome. Um, yeah but a lot of collaboration um, yeah but they're well needed in their classrooms too yeah yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah no good question
0: welcome And if you came in we're uh, sorry about the miscommunication on time but we recorded the first part so there was two different times
1: communicated and then snow and then (laughs) traffic and then yes all the things um okay so we were talking about intentional movement um this is built into the materials uh sensorial is a big area for your first and second year child to hang out in um, because there is movement and so he's getting each red rod and bringing it to his rug and sometimes it's Way far away, and you have to navigate through your your classroom, um, moving very ever so carefully. Um, very little language is needed in these uh, in these lessons, and you can see how proud he is once he gets. Uh, is one of these?
0: Carrying
1: it so careful. He's so careful. And and the teacher in this classroom is like, oh. I noticed how carefully you carried that through the classroom." And his response to that was, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really why I love this. Um, And then kind of the second phase two of these lessons are they make mazes and they have to carefully walk through the maze without knocking things over or they carry things on spoons. So even though it's not huge body jumping jacks, which sometimes we can do that, these little movements too are really keeping them aware of where their body is in space, the classroom. Um, not knocking things over, uh, all, all those things. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So good. Oh, oh, here he goes. I forgot this is a video, too. Bye-bye. It out. <laughs> yeah, it's That's so good. Um, all right, following the child. Um, so, freedom within limits, um, again, setting those boundaries and the expectations of what's expected of them in the classroom, but also. Sometimes you gotta have a little failure to, to move on and to try again and to grow a little bit more. Um, being aware of and mindful of these sensitive periods, like I mentioned, those intrinsic desires of these children to learn certain things and teachers really watching that, like you, you love to count and you've counted everything in the classroom, now let's count, let's go for a walk and count all the umbrellas we find, just really tapping into that so that they are feeling that satiated learning that, they, um, that they're craving. And teacher observations and record keeping. We keep uh, extensive uh, notes on what children do every day, so we know if they're ready for the next thing, um, and that they are ready for the next thing. You know, physically and emotionally, and academically, ready to move on. Um, and we're trained observers we watch and just make sure things are you know th- how things are going and if we see things that maybe you're feeling a little off we're gonna reach out and talk to you and just say hey do you notice this too it could be anything from like wow their balance seems off you know should we get their eyes checked or i feel like they're not hearing what i'm saying to you know wow they know all their sounds i think uh, most three-year-olds don't start reading but why don't we start looking into working towards that next step for them um so just really watching and and Uh, helping them move along to at their best potential. Prepared environment. (sighs) Sharp pencils, paper cut just right. Um, Things, uh, you know, works are not put on the shelves incomplete. If it's not complete, it needs to come off because you're not helping a child be successful when things are missing or broken or or not there. Um, Chairs pushed in. As you guys all know from being in classrooms, these are not set up For adult-sized people, Um, uh, it's set up for them so they take huge ownership in making sure, you know, chairs are pushed in and tables are wiped off and, you know, if something's broken, oh, you know, Miss Rachel, this is missing something or it's broken, and really taking that ownership and belonging to the classroom. I think along with a prepared environment is the prepared teacher being trained, we're here, we're ready to welcome your children every day and help them reach their full potential, Um, and sometimes that might be getting to the door (laughs) and then they're letting it all out for the day and you're like all right i see that's where we're at or like gays mentioned not all three-year-olds are reading but if you have something you know someone who's really interested and just really being there and 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 present for them and helping them find the tools to get what they need
0: this might also be something you can incorporate a little bit at Home, not with like too much homework, but we we reflect if they're asking for something from us often, Mm -hmm. that means we haven't prepared the environment for them. Mm -hmm. If they're asking me for glue every day, then I need to put glue out in the environment. If they're asking you for a snack every day after school, maybe you can have like one of your lower produce drawers where there's snacks that they can have, or if they need your help every day to get a cup, can you switch that around or thinking about those little pieces to make the environment more independent for them? Good point.
1: the three-year cycle. So your first-year student, they're really developing the skills. They're developing um, all those things that they need each day to get through their long day. Self-confidence, stamina, self-esteem, and a lot of just repetition of work. You'll find that you'll have metal-onset drawing papers. They're just a five and a half by five and a half paper and it has a shape drawn on it. And they do it every day and they do 50 of them. That's okay, they're developing their skills and their concentration and stamina. Their second year students are refining these skills. So they're just just—they're ta- taking a lot of the knowledge that they've been putting in their brain the first year and they're putting it out there a little bit. They're still gonna go back and develop these skills and their self-esteem um, and, and do things over and over again, but they're pushing themselves out of this comfort zone just a little bit more and they're willing to try things a little bit more. And then the third year student is really implementing this knowledge. This picture here, he's he's multiplying. So he's taken what he's learned from his addition lessons to the bead, what the beads mean, and how many are on this bead, bead, bead bar, um, and just starting to abstract, think, and put things out um, in his multiplication work. This is also a really beautiful time, different from the toddlers, where we get to know you for three years, and we get to know your child. We get to know, like, hmm, they seem off today. What's going on? Um, something's not right. <laughs> You've something's happening at home, and you're like, we really need you know, the dog is not feeling well, and if you let us know that, then we can know and we can help that child, you know, deal with some of these things that are happening. Academic-wise, too, if we're seeing some challenges or deficiencies somewhere, we're going to reach out to you, and hopefully you would do the same to us and include us in that. Um, and really just getting to be great partners and collaborators together for your child's development and growth. Do
0: they have the same
1: future? Yes. All three years. Mm-hmm. Good question.
0: If you have children three years apart, you might get them for six
1: years. <laughs> been there as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, sure <laughs> have. Some community awareness. Um, it really just starts at this younger age um, with the the sense of self, taking care of themselves. Like we mentioned, the egocentrism that goes around it, um, and then it moves and it gets bigger to the family and classroom. So really things that happen for do-good projects for these age groups, toddlers and primaries, are really things that they can see and are tangible and it makes sense to them. They can see what's happening. To moving into the school, um, and then local and global, but really just starting to spark those interests from a very young age and um, just the awareness of what's around. Taking good care of their environments there. Spanish. it starts in toddlers, so your toddlers are getting it right now once a week. I want to say maybe for 15 minutes because that's where they're, uh, how long they're able to sit. Molly does it a little bit differently. Um, she comes in to toddler classroom. She goes into a classroom. Somebody gets it every day because we have six and there's only five days in the week. It's, that's hard math, um, but she'll go in and it's super organic. She'll just come in and she'll set her stuff out and as children are interested, they'll come and sit. Some children sit for every single lesson <laughs> and they, you know, they're super interested. Um, some sit a little bit back, because they're watching. Um, but she works with these groups for about 10 or 15 minutes and she's really just developing a lot of uh, those skills that uh, they started in, in toddler. But then also, uh, the kindergartners get it as part of their specials. Um, once they're, like I said, kindergarten. So they'll bring them into the groups and they're, they're again, they are mini-teachers. They're helping out um, and talking through uh, some of the things that they've learned in their classes and then they bring it to the primary classroom. That's great. And Molly works with toddlers through second graders, so you know she sees them for a long time too and has great connections. That's awesome. The love of learning, you know, just watching two kids work together and teach each other, and really just opening these windows to all sorts of, yeah experiences and ideas and just making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and trying again and stamina and really just pulling it all together um is really just a great thing to watch and and to see the sparks in their eyes to your point how do you know what i'm learning at school this is great um, and just to really you know they love they love coming into the classroom and, and showing off what they can do um, it's pretty magical First year versus the second year students, again, um, just a lot more. They're often alone and engaged in parallel play or work um, versus the third year students we are collaborating and working together. It's a super social time, so anything they can do to get to be with their friends when they're in kindergarten and do this lesson together, it's a great little carrot to dangle over them. As soon as you finish this work, you may go work with your friends over there, but it's super social um, and and collaborating, and that's what they're leading their, their academics into. So working alone to working with many kids. Problem solving. Um, these two are working on um, some language. They're building words. Um, I'm not gonna tell you too much about it because it's such a great little video.
0: Clap and then clap.
1: Alright, <laughs> Peppa, yours is going to be wrapped.
0: She put on her own sweater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's clearly a second year. I have no words for that. That's just amazing, just how joyful they are and working together and encouraging each other along. Um, That's pretty great. Um, this is just another example. So on the top there, those two children are working on the 100 board. Um, They're laying it out. It's all set up for them to work at their own pace and their own skill level. Um, And this is intentional. this girl on the bottom here, she, we call it the big dump. You call it something different. We call it the big dump, where you just take all of them and you dump them on the floor. And then you have to sort them. You have to categorize them. You have to figure out where the one is and then the 100. And just, just the different thoughts and planes of academics that are happening in these things, um, You know, first year, second year, and the third year. It's just how they're, they're moving through those academics and how they're able to problem solve this and figure this out on their own. Um, and just higher function with practice. I don't think that's a video. Oh, it is a video. Look at that, so many videos. At the um, blending sounds and working on their own, and reading and writing, sitting on themselves, care of the environment, folding all the towels. Somebody needs to do this, doesn't have to be us working together on these big, big things here. Um, you know, these two friends reading books together and learning just a whole lot of what we get here. It's a multiplication happening there, moving into their abstract minds. Um, just really self guided, driven, happy. Um, happy kids and then just last I must have loved videos in this thing um, but just working together collaborating Their sensorial work um, as I mentioned is a social time for them too. working together cheering each other on and that is all I have for you. Um, Any questions that are still lingering out there? Yeah.
0: Have our kids started to do visits to the primary classroom yet?
1: Not yet, they will in, we were just talking about this, I wanna say, end of april beginning of may okay. so we'll, we'll take the toddlers over and they'll come hang out a little bit in the classroom just to see it because it is different it's bigger there's more kids in there um, just to give them a little taste of what it's like just like we do with our kindergartners to lower l and um, all of those transition years but it's coming so hang in there
0: we also do an annual um, toddler kindergarten breakfast where the classes make breakfast for the toddlers and the kindergartners host them and that's a time when another one where they come over and play on the playground and it's a little bit of like a Welcome to primary. Yes, really sweet. It is really (laughs) sweet. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I keep forgetting what the structures of the groupings. So it's primary
0: if the three and the lower are together.
1: Three, three, four, five. So through kindergarten, primary would be three-year-olds through kindergarten. So you spend all three of those years together in your classroom. Yeah. They'll
0: typically turn six in the primary
1: classroom. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it goes to lower L. Lower L would be yeah, first through third grade. Yeah. 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 And then I have, I have, my two kids are 14 months apart. So okay. Yeah, Yeah. we try to really let them be their own people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's yeah. the process look like for placing the kids? Do the primary teachers and
0: the toddler teachers kind of
1: all get together? And- yeah, it's, it's super thoughtful. It's, um, you know, the Admissions people and, and myself included and Tori too will go in and we'll talk to the teachers and we'll just, you know, get the lowdown on your kids and how they learn best or what any you know anything that's going on for them. Then we kind of think about the teachers that are the right fit for them. We think about the friends that are already in there. Like, are there so too many tall three-year-olds? We don't need any more tall three-year-olds in this classroom. Those kinds of things. Um, and then just making sure it's a really you know good fit for everybody, um, meeting everyone's needs. Uh, like I mentioned, we try to keep boys and girls and ages and genders all you know similarly in each classroom. It's hard, but you know you try to do that. Yeah. Anything else? All right. Well, you all know where I'm at. Um, so please email me or uh, feel free to catch me if you have any other questions. But um, thanks for taking the time. If you were in the late, we did record it for a podcast so we can send it out to you all. Um, the weather today seemed to trick everybody. But um, thank you for making it today and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, yes. thanks. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Montessori School of Denver Community Podcast Series. For more information about the Montessori School of Denver and a Montessori education, visit us at www.montessoridenver.org.